Hello and welcome to Deaf Apology, brought to you by Radio Paul. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeffrey, and my fun fact of the week is I aced a in-person Kahoot quiz and got stared up by my graduate class. It was pretty funny, and then I didn't win a prize. So sad face. Oof. My fun fact, and I'm deviating from the script here, is that like literally two minutes ago, I started a spreadsheet in order to track how many times Fall Out Boy has mentioned Chicago in their songs. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm really excited for it. I, I have know. a, I have a, it's not, a, I don't have a spreadsheet, but I have a calendar for like every, like Taylor Swift mentioned a lot of months in her songs. So I'm like trying, I'm hoping we get a song for every single month. See, but Fall Out Boy's from Chicago and it makes my heart happy. Hmm. But interesting. That's not what this episode is about. This episode is about tokophobia, just like we said last week, which is like first defined in 2000 as an intense anxiety that leads some women to dread and even avoid childbirth despite desperately wanting a baby. End quote. And before doing research, I didn't really know that second part of like desperately wanting a baby. So I wonder. I'm still kind of wondering what the fear is called if you don't want kids, but you're still afraid of like being pregnant or like childbirth. So the paper like states that it's still took a phobia, but it feels like there should be another term, right? I think, or it should be like an offset, like a subset of to- like tokophobia. Does that make sense? Like it could be like, like yeah, a specific. Because it's I remember we we were going to get into like primary and secondary. There should be like a another thing. Yeah, because the paper also says that there's three levels of tokophobia. The first is before you ever get pregnant, like, and then the second is as a reaction to, like, a previous bad birthing experience. Like, if you had a miscarriage or if you just had a really terrible time having your first kid and you don't want to have a second because of that trauma. And then the third is, like, a certain level of depression during a pregnancy. And... The, the paper will be in the sources. It was really interesting, but it's also hard to put 27 pages into yeah. 30 minutes super well. So an article by the Cleveland Clinic, um, it was stating that tocophobia often stems from other phobias as well. Like, they're all kind of interlinked. So some people with tocophobia could have algophobia, which is the fear of pain. They could, have, they could also have, I'm not going to pronounce all these right, just letting you guys know. I think it's hapophobia. Hapophobia. That's how I'd say it. Yeah, fear of being touched. Iatrophobia, the fear of doctors. No, uh, noscomophobia, the fear of hospitals. Obesophobia, fear of gaining weight. Pedophobia, fear of children, which I thought was a very weird name for that. Um, Phanatophobia, fear of dying, and trypanophobia, fear of needles. Do Do you have any of those phobias? I wouldn't say phobias. I mean, personally, as of right now, and I hope this doesn't change, I've never been in a hospital as a patient. Mm. And I, I don't know, like, the idea of, like, being rushed into an emergency room, like, really freaks me out. Do you know what freaks me out is the bill of getting, it's not the hospital, it's the bill of even just getting onto an ambulance with, like, $1,000. Yeah, it, it's a combination. It's a combination of stuff for me. Fear of losing money. <laughs> yeah, the fear of losing money, basically. Um... So the prevalence of tocophobia in a Great House 2016 article, it stated that over 80% of women have some fears about childbirth, while about 20% having fully fledged tocophobia, which I think it's very interesting that like 20% of women who want kids, like, or is it, wait, is this study for just women who want kids or women in general? Do you know that? 
with this study, it's specifically like women who want children. Uh, that's that's still very interesting though. It's like one fifth of women who want kids. Yeah, and the paper doesn't mention adoption at all. But I also feel like, mm. wh- where did adoption go? That's true. I don't know. Um, there was a Jomine et al. article from 2021 that was stating it was like a workshop paper which highlighted. An interesting point that tocophobia can also exist in birth partners, which is uh, an inclusive word for like if it has like um if the like if it's a woman with a man or it's you know whatever like if it's two women and they have like a surrogate, so like the theory is like due to risk and complications of their partners they could face or dying in childbirth. First time fathers were the highest among this demographic with tocophobia, with many of them preferring C sections to vaginal birth. Because I think there's like this. I think there's this, I think you're going to get into this later, but there's like this like preconceived notion that C-sections are might be safer. Than, or less painful. Yeah, than a vaginal birth. Um, the, mar- the article mentions two common practices are used to identify tocophobia or fear of childbirth. These are the Wijima de- Delivery Expectancy or Experience Questionnaire, or WDEQ for short, and the Fear of Birth Scale. The WDEQ was originally a 33-item measure, but later recommended as 25 items of subskills of fear, negative appraisal, loneliness, lack of lack of self-efficiency, lack of positive anticipation, and concerns for the child. If you scored at 85% or above, it was the cutoff point where you'd be diagnosed with tocophobia. It's efficacy. Efficacy? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> It looks but. like efficiency. <laughs> it, it does. Yeah. It does. Sorry, efficacy, self-efficacy, um, and it has been suggested that the FOBS has a greater clinical utility. The FOBS is a two-item, hundred millimeter visual analog scale that includes the constructs of worry and fear. Keynes at Al's two, 2015 study supports that the use of FOBS measured with a cutoff point of sixty percent to identify women with a high fear based on the WDEQA score of 85. So it's like a sub, you take the first one and then the second one is can more accurately state because that like that's 80%. This one's like, oh, after you take that test, this will like really help because it's, it's, it is hard to diagnose stuff because a lot of it, like this is also, also linked to depression and it can be linked to other mental disorders. So it's, they, they're trying to make sure it's tocophobia you have and not a never, like just, a thing that could also be seen as tocophobia. Yeah. Diagnostics is really complex. Yeah. And neither of us are like psychologists or psychiatrists. So we can't. Um, there's a Batia and Zhangji 2012 article which reports that 20 to 78% of pregnant women have fears associated with pregnancy or childbirth. 13% of non-gravid, which is non-pregnant women, um, report fear of childbirth that is significant enough to try and prevent pregnancy altogether. In the article, they mentioned a specific case of a woman at a high socioeconomic background having full-fledged tocophobia. So she, it began with having an irregular menstrual cycle. She then consulted her physician about the risk of pregnancy, and after hearing of risks such as a deformed fetus, eclampsia, body changes, and potential death, after hearing there was no 100% guaranteed way to prevent pregnancy, she started avoiding her husband altogether and stopped having s- sexual intercourse, eventually leading her to have a major depressive disorder as well as tocophobia due to feelings of wor- worthlessness and pulling away from friends and family. Her treatment was she started on fluoxetine, 20 milligrams once daily, and clonazepam, 
I feel like it's a depression medication. Yeah, I can't. I know like what it is. I just cannot pronounce it correctly. But um, zero point five milligrams at night in counseling, including psychoeducate psycho. I feel like that should be a different word. Like like maybe psychiat psychiatric education. I don't like how they phrase that. Weekly for about two weeks, but there was no improvement. The dose of fluoxetine was increased to 40 milligrams daily, and over the next four weeks, there was reduction in her morbid fear of pregnancy along with symptoms of depression. She started having normal sexual activity, and after a follow-up three months later, she was still on the medication. There was no re- reoccurrence of the symptoms. Yeah. I don't know. What country was that in? Do you know? I think it might have been India. Interesting. Because, like, the prevalence of tocophobia seems to be in, like, highly industrialized countries. Yeah, or I think it's in countries that also, like, really push for children. Like, if that makes sense. Like, because I feel like with India and China, there is a pressure for women to have kids, specifically male children. So it's hard for them to say, like, oh, I have fear of pregnancies. And, like, very, like, we need to have kids societies. So, cause, like, like if you were, like, in a pro-natalist country right now, I think a lot of women would have tocophobia, but they wouldn't feel comfortable saying that they do. I, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm trying to think, because, like, one of the conclusions of the, one of the papers that I read is basically that, like, more industrialized countries are really, like, less likely to see birthing as something that's natural or as seeing motherhood as something to be celebrated. Mm, that makes sense. So you you know that trope of like the businesswoman, he sh- like she needs to get a promotion so she can't have kids because that would yeah, you know, ruin her chances even though like that's not her fault. Yeah. So oh, this is like a fun, this is like a follow-up to our um, episode last week. So and this kind of goes with what we're talking about. So South Korea just announced that if you have a kid, you're now getting like I think 18 months fully paid leave the thing is a lot of people aren't going to take it even though it's offered because a lot of right. companies will look at you bad like even if you're offered a lot of like a lot of mothers take maternity leave but fathers who are given paternity leave they're looked at badly if they take it because it's like oh well, we're not going to put you on future projects because you took the leave even though you're yeah. supposed to be able to like you're unreliable yeah it's so stupid there's like really heavy disincentives to doing it because i feel like like, I don't know. In Korea, it might be normal for moms to take maternity leave. But I feel like even in America, it isn't seen as, like, a normal thing to do. I feel like it's becoming more normal, but it's, like, it's still, like, a daily, like, you know what I mean? It's still, like, in, it, I feel like in certain industries, it is. And there's other industries where it is not. Like, I feel like with teachers, yeah. like, when you're in teaching, I've seen so many teachers taking maternity leave. But they were working to, like, a certain point in pregnancy like yeah they get very pregnant before yeah they like leave. they had maternity <laughs> leave but they were very pregnant working yeah yeah <laughs> in my memory at least but yeah so we're about to do our um ad break and then you're going to have song the song of the week is small bump by ed sheeran and you will hear from us soon creepiest album cover i've seen <laughs> in a hot minute i just have a fear of gingers i'm just kidding <laughs> i think i have a fear of ed sheeran specifically <laughs> all right we'll be back soon and we're back from our ad break everyone we hope you enjoyed the song in the ad please listen to the radio to Pulp podcast <laughs> uh no but back on to tocophobia um I wrote this little blurb really early on in our research. My hypothesis was that, like, why 
American women might be so afraid of like having children is because our sex ed classes were more like fear mongering than actually educational. But I think even if my sex ed classes were flawless, I'd still personally like be afraid of having kids. Like there's just too many factors that go into like having a healthy pregnancy and then having a healthy kid that it's just like too too risky. I'm so used to having so much control over my life, right? But I don't know. Yeah, I fully understand that. Like it makes me think do like do you know like those pregnancy simulators, like those like things they put around oh. you? <laughs> like imagine like in how like you know how they always like abstinence, abstinence. Imagine if they made kids wear that. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw something recently. For some reason, I keep getting uh, recommended like maternity nurse uh, YouTube shorts. Mm. I don't know why, but one of them had this little like plastic tool with like circles that show one centimeter dilated all the way up to 10 centimeters dilated. And that made me like nauseous just to think about. I saw an article years ago and I can't find the article anymore. So maybe I'll have to look for it after this podcast. But it was like. They were trying to make this, like, pot thing where you could have a kid so people wouldn't have to get pregnant. Do you know what I'm talking about? It was, like, you'd put them in a pod, and it would raise the oh, kid. Oh, I've seen that before. But that I seems so silly. I can't find the article anymore to save my life. And I'm, like, I'm just imagining all the, all the people who are going to have too many kids now because it's not, like, the nine months, like, you're actually holding it. I'm, like, oh, my God. No, I think there would be some really weird ramifications to, like, incubating your child instead of, like... Yeah, like separately from yourself at least, because I guess you're incubating. I think there, I think there'd be like some emotional distance because I do think there's a bond built in the. Between. Yeah, but and I and I want your opinion on this also, but I think the way we treat like pregnant women and like new mothers is just terrible, you know. Like I, I'm honestly not so annoyed by like women with like strollers or, like, I don't know, giving people my seat, which I've never really needed. To do now that I think about it but I think some people like if a woman is trying to get her kid to calm down or something everybody just stares at the mom and it's like really awkward I think it's I think like after so like now like a lot of people are like women can do everything so like a lot of people don't expect women to want to be housewives or women want to be full-time caretakers and I think that's part of it and and another part is people like there's people who don't like children which is fine but they don't like I do think you're abnormal if you dislike children to the point that you're like glaring at a mom who's trying to take yeah. it. There's a thing if you don't want children, but there is like a segment of the population that does scare me that it's like, or like those people that just hate animals instead of disliking them. Like it's normal to dislike things. I do think it's abnormal for you to like glare at children who aren't doing anything to you. Like that does freak me out. And it, it, it is like, there are like people like who are like, oh, like, like they just judge you for no reason. Or like, People who are like, yeah. you look pregnant even if you're not pregnant. Like, that's other stuff, too. It's, there's, like, a mix of stuff that's, like, unhealthy thinking. I think it's also, like, you just said a moment ago, like, the women can do anything thing also plays into it. Like, if women can do anything, why can't you get your kid to shit? Yeah. Or and something then, like that. Why do, why do dads get, like, a praise for the bare minimum? Absolutely. If like, a dad pushes his kid at the park and all everyone stares at him, like, he just did something amazing. Or have you ever read those stories on, like, Reddit or, like, those types of sites that are, like, my husband, like, passed out while I was giving birth, and it's, like, you're a wimp, I think, in my opinion. 
I don't know. I've, I've watched documentaries before of people get like giving birth. It was from medical anthro. And I remember being a lot less like weirded out by it now. But like in seventh grade, did you ever have to watch somebody like give birth? Because that, that scarred me. And then watching it now, it was a bit I like... did, but I don't think I actually watched. I think I was going like this. Like had my like looking through my, my hands. It was a lot. Yeah. I only watched part of it before I decided like, you know what? I don't need to see this. Yeah. But now being older, it's, like, I don't think it's as bad, but it's also, like, nothing I'd ever want for myself. Yeah. But moving on, moving on. The Great House paper also states that women have become, quote, more empowered in the West that has caused this uptake of instances in tokophobia, which you're kind of talking about earlier, that, like, women have so much more autonomy now, which is a good thing. But then there's a greater fear of losing that control. And like their survey found that 34% of their participants had tocophobia, which is like a lot more than the 20% estimate. But I also thought that study was really weird because 140 of 174 participants were white women. Yeah. And I think especially because uh motherhood for black women is so different in america yeah like there's such a high mortality rate for black women like in the hospital like yeah that the numbers would be so much more different i think they literally had one indigenous person participate in the study too which is like yeah uh, i don't know but one final quote from the paper that i actually thought was really interesting says that as the study participants were child-free, the results support Jones's 2012 conclusion that the loss of normalization around pregnancy and birth discourages women from becoming active participants in pregnancy and birth. The results suggest that future mothers are detaching from childbirth as a natural event and are filled with intense feelings of incompetence. And I think that that's really fascinating because I feel like it's what happened with death care. Like that death doesn't feel natural anymore to a lot of people. And then they don't know what to do if, like, one of their family members is actively dying or has died very recently. Like, they don't really know the steps. They call a funeral home and their hands are off. Yeah, I think when you mention, like, developed versus developing, it's also individualist versus collectivist. Like, when you become a developed nation, it becomes more of you need a, you're working for your status. You're not working for your family now. So if, why should I want to have a kid when I could elevate, like, my employment status? Because your status in society and development is more of how much money you have, not about how great you're feeling. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, a sense of it. So it's, like, a lot of people, like, a lot of women, it's, like, I could be, like, doing more in my career, which society would praise me not more for, potentially, than having a kid. And it's, like, and if women do have kids, it's, like, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Like Yeah. It makes me think of a... Did you grow up watching Fairly Odd Parents? Yes. The Dinklebergs. They were so happy and they didn't have children, but it's like dual income, no kid. Dink, Dinkleberg. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting because I do remember them being like more fun than the parents. I don't know. But yeah, I think we already went, went over a lot of the reasons. So we can kind of go over the, we can skip over the Cleveland Clinic one because I think we covered a lot of them. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, though, like losing control over both birth, life, and then death. I don't know. It's fascinating to me. Yeah, I get what you mean. But I don't know. Another one of the papers I went through was looking for a connection between tocophobia and postpartum depression and PTSD. 
it was conducted in France, which is really interesting because they're actually the most fertile country in the world. I, that's believable, and it is true. And it mentions that like more factors into like what might make a person feel more insecure about having children is like whether or not the pregnancy was planned, because I think we're having less and less planned pregnancies. I don't know what the exact numbers are, actually. Uh, whether or not their partner is in the picture or not, and whether or not their family is supportive. Like, those can be really big factors. That makes sense. Because, like, if, I don't know, you're living in the 1950s and you're expected to, like, be shooting out kids at, like, 20 years old, then you're assuming that your family is supporting you, right? I don't know. Or at least that society is supporting you and you can stay home. Whereas now it's like you shoot out your kid, you maybe have three days off, and then you're back at work, and it's like, how? So this kind of links, so I'm going to mention the studies. I don't think we have enough time to get to it, but it links to what you're talking about. So this study by um, Hofberg and Brock, Brockington found that 10 out of 26 women who had tocophobia ended up, they either sterilized themselves, or, they're, or their partner is getting sterilized, or they're on the waiting list. And they want kids, but they said the fear of child having to give birth they already or they ha- had a complicated pregnancy experience so they have PTSD or they don't have empathetic medical literature or doctors to turn to so they yeah. felt they felt like the best thing to do was to go to the path of sterilization yeah i do feel like a lot of doctors are really detached and actually like one of those um like shorts that i watched and i know that's like not really a good source of things was like talking about the case of this mother who like got to the hospital she was you know like really starting to give labor you know and they only had one anesthesiologist for all of the pregnancy ward and like he was busy with somebody like some other patient so she couldn't get an epidural while she was like starting to give birth and it was really i don't know traumatic i can imagine that sounds traumatic i don't know because that's like another layer of fear is that i feel like a lot of healthcare workers are really fed up with their conditions and are really unempathetic, like even before the pandemic. That it's yeah, we're going for the great resignation of healthcare right now. Yeah, so that's like just another reason onto like why people would have apprehensions about having kids, you know? Yeah, like there's just way too many signs that are like you probably shouldn't have kids in comparison to like I don't know your aunt asking you when you're gonna have great grand nephews or whatever yeah you know i don't know and there's also studies that mention that like if a mom has tocophobia it reflects onto their kid and then their kid is more likely to be tocophobic or mm-hmm. more likely to kind of feed off the vibes of the mom if that makes sense that like, makes sense yeah you were so full of fear or like like Whatever, if, you, if you if you if you like keep telling your kid about how traumatic your birth experience can be, that can like that can resonate with them. Yeah, I don't know. There's just there's so much going on, but we are right at the end. Yeah. So thank you for listening to Depropology, brought to you by Radio DePaul. You can find us on Spotify as well. Um, make sure you listen to Misha on the Radio DePaul podcast. <laughs> Follow our socials at Defropology, D-E-A-T-H-R-O-P-O-L-O-G-Y. Next week, we will be talking about the Unification Church. So, yeah, definitely go listen to that.